Today, it is easy to become distracted. Today, in the day we're living in, it is easy to get our eyes and to get our focus off of the thing that truly matters. Then today, living in a distracted world, it is easy to become discouraged. Maybe you're here this morning and you are discouraged. You're discouraged over how things have turned out. Life is not as you've expected, not where you thought you'd be, and you are discouraged today. Or you're discouraged with your situation in life, either with your health or maybe in your finances or in your relationships. Your situation is tough and you are discouraged today. Or maybe you are discouraged with the actions of others. People have responded poorly. People have let you down and people are not who you once thought them to be and you are discouraged in the actions of others. Or maybe you're discouraged with yourself and you've messed up and you've wasted time and you have made poor choices and now you're left with regret and maybe even guilt and and you are found today discouraged. Maybe you're here today and you're discouraged. Maybe you're growing in your discouragement. You feel it as you've come into December now, as you come into this month that we're headed into our holiday, you you feel the discouragement and you feel that it is growing. Maybe it shows and people can see it and people around you, those closest know it. Or maybe you're doing pretty well at hiding it. And you sit here today in discouragement, but you're all smiles in your discouragement. But let me tell you today, if you've ever been discouraged, or if you currently are discouraged, or if there's a chance in the future you might find yourself discouraged, I want to tell you it is a good thing that you are here today, because I'm going to tell you today the answer for discouragement. And yes, there is a single answer for discouragement. Now, the answer for discouragement is this, it is to remember Jesus. It is to remember Jesus, to remember who he is, to remember what it is that he has done, what we have in him. Well, this Christmas season, we are seeing Jesus through his Christmas names as recorded in scripture. That's what we're doing right now. Our sermon series is entitled, The Name of Christmas. Last week, we looked at Emmanuel This week, our message is entitled, His Wonderful Name. His Wonderful Name. Today, we have one verse, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, His Wonderful Name. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Let me read that verse again. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince 
of peace. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today. We are thankful for you. We're thankful that in the tough things of life and the discouragement of life, that we have a remedy in Jesus, that we have an anchor that holds in Jesus, that we have a foundation that is not moved, that is not shaken in Jesus. Lord, I pray that the, the fruit of these weeks, as we look at these names in your word, that we will be reminded of our hope. We'd be reminded of our peace. We'd be reminded of our Savior, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would speak this morning. I pray it wouldn't be normal. I pray that it would be tremendous. I pray, Lord, that it would be supernatural and that you would encourage the hearts of your people. Lord, we come and we thank you for your word. We're thankful for the word, Jesus. We praise you for our Savior, for our salvation. Lord, we just come and ask that you'd meet with us today. Our prayers that you'd be glorified and you'd be known today. We submit this hour to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, in our sermon series, our goal is to see Jesus, to see who he is, to actually see Jesus through his names. Now, last week I said the, the best thing that could happen to us this Christmas season is that we'd actually see Jesus. Now, that, that again sounds like some cliche statement, something that a preacher would say to you, but the, the best thing that could happen this Christmas is that you and I would see that we would know Jesus. Well, that is our goal today. Last week, we saw the name Emmanuel. It means God with us. It means Jesus is God. And in his coming, God was in flesh with mankind. Remember, that is unique to Jesus. Only Jesus is the Messiah. Only Jesus is the Savior because only Jesus is Emmanuel. Well, today we go on to this loaded verse here in Isaiah chapter 9. Now, I, I knew it was deep, and I knew it was rich. I did not know it was as loaded as it is. We come to this loaded verse in Isaiah chapter 9. Now, remember the context here. When Isaiah prophesies, and I want you to think about our day as we hear this description, as Isaiah prophesies, Israel has turned from God. They have rebelled against God. Their leaders are wicked. Their leaders are corrupt. And they have led the people to forsake his word. And so they are found existing in evilness. They are found existing in wickedness. It is a dark time, an unimaginable time, a vile and evil time. Well, into that darkness, into that wickedness, God promises hope. And that hope is the promised coming of his Savior, the Messiah. Now, that is what he tells them. There is hope coming. There is peace that is coming. And it's coming in the promise of a Savior from God. The, the, the promise will be fulfilled in the Messiah, the Christ of God. In chapter 7, we looked at part of that last week. We find that the Messiah will be a son. He'll be a man. He will also be born of a virgin. Therefore, he will also be God. The Messiah would be Emmanuel. 
Well, today our verse in chapter 9 is a continuation of that promise. Our verse today is part of that promise. It's not a separate promise. It is a continuation of the same promised Christ, promised Messiah. All right, let's look at our verse today. The verse starts off with a very important word. Now, here's what I figured out. Don't ever overlook a single word. Sometimes we think, well, we say that, and it just starts us off into the next verse, or it's just a word of transition. Do not overlook any single word. This verse starts off with a very important word. It is the word for, for, for a child will be born to us. It starts off for. Now, get this. For is a conjunction tying the promised good events of God's deliverance to the cause of those good events. Now, I want to say that again so we do not miss that. For is a conjunction, and it is tying the promised good events of God's deliverance to the cause of those good events. Very simply, preceding verse 6 is the promise of God's deliverance. Then in verse 6 is the cause of that deliverance. Now I want you to go with me. Listen to the verses. I'm going to start in chapter 9, reading verse 1. But there will be no more gloom for, for her who was in anguish. And in earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, who do we know that comes from Galilee? Verse 2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine upon them. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Verse 3. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence. As with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. I'm going to read verse 3 again. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence. As with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Verse 4. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff of their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as at the battle of Midian. Verse 5. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. Verse 5 says, Peace is coming. There'll be no need for a warrior. Peace is coming. Now, these are the good events of God's deliverance. That is what that is describing. These are the good events of God's deliverance. Verse 6 then gives the reason, then gives the cause for these good events. Now, let me read verse 6 again. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. 
and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Now, I want you to see this morning, in God's promise of salvation, we have hope. In God's promise of salvation, we have peace. We have a future. In God's promise of salvation, we have the forgiveness of sin. We have the removal of sin. There will be no more wickedness. In God's promise of salvation, we have a light that shines in the darkness. In the promise of salvation, we have gladness. And our four is the same four described in verse 6. Folks, understand today, all of that is in Jesus. The good result has a great cause, and our cause, our for, is Jesus. Do you see why when we get distracted, we get discouraged? You understand? When we get distracted, that's why we get discouraged. Our hope, our peace, our salvation is in Jesus, and we must keep our focus on Jesus. How do we keep from becoming fearful? Remember Jesus. How do we keep from becoming downtrodden? Remember Jesus. How do we battle discouragement that looms? Remember Jesus. And all of that comes from the word for. I was thinking about that. This year, we ought to get Christmas cards that say four. Four, simple as that, four. We have a great cause and the, the great result of the great cause. Salvation is through Jesus and we will not be discouraged. We will not be fearful if we would but keep our eyes on Jesus. That's just the first word. We're gonna have a long sermon. Back to the verse. For a child will be born to us. Now listen to this. We're going to have a great result. Why? For a child will be born to us. It describes the events of the coming of the Messiah. Now how does the Savior come? He is born of a woman. He is born a baby, a child. He comes as a person, as a man. The verse goes on and it says, a son will be given to us. A son will be given to us. Now, it is a male, but it's more than that. For the original hearer, for the Jewish hearer, it means that the Messiah would come from them. And so where's the Messiah going to come? He's going to come as a child. He's going to be born as a man. But he would come from them. It means he would be a Jew. He will be a descendant of Jacob of Israel. Next, the verse says this. And the government will rest on his shoulders. Now, I want to explain that to you. And the government will rest on his shoulders. It means the ordering, the running, the headship of the world's affairs will rest with him. It means the world will operate at his will and in his wisdom. That's what that means. 
It means our Savior, the Messiah, is Lord. That's what that means. The world will operate according to his will. The world will operate according to his wisdom. It means the Savior, the one that is to come, the one that was promised, is the Lord. As Lord, he will preside over all affairs. Do you know why we should not be discouraged as believers? Do you know why we should not become, be overcome by anxiety? Do you know why we should not be fearful? Listen, I've watched the last couple of years, it looks like believers have become a fearful people. What about this? And what about the economy? And what about this variant? And what about this response? Do you know why we should not be fearful as believers in Jesus Christ? Listen to me today. It is because Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. What have I to fear? What have I to dread? I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. Jesus is Lord. You know what? We need to remind each other of that. Not that Jesus is Lord. I think we know that. We need to remind each other we have nothing to fear because Jesus is Lord. You know what? We have nothing to fear as believers. Jesus is Lord. All right, now here we go. Here's the point to the verse. And his name will be called. And his name will be called. Now, I want, I want you to see this. Now I want to just go ahead and be fair. There are some that say this leads to a listing of either five or four different names for Jesus. I've heard that. And they'll say in this verse right here, there are five. Some say wonderful is its own name. Or there are four different names. And that's what we have are these different names for Jesus, but I want you to notice this. It is only one name. Notice this. It is singular here. And his name. Now, I want you to see what's happening here. These are four fa facets. These are four truths of the one name, but there's only going to be one name. And so, man, look, these are awesome, and we're going to look at them, but these are four truths. But there's only going to be one name. Now, next week, we're going to look at that one name. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I can't help myself, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you what it is. <laughs> Come back next week. There'll be more. There is one name. It is singular. And the angel says, and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. The name is Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth, the singular name, listen, is Jesus. There is but one name by which we must be saved. It is the name of Jesus. Verse says, and his name will be called. And his name, singular, will be called. Will be called is one Hebrew word, and it means known as or renowned as. Now, I want you to listen. This is awesome. This singular name, it's going to have these other truths, these other facets describing the name, 
and they will be known as. Known as will be, or they will be called, called means known as or renowned as. And so this one name will be renowned as, will be known for, will be famous for, that's what it almost literally means, these four things. There is one name, and that one name is going to be famous for four things. All right, here we go. The first is this, wonderful counselor, and his name, singular, will be called, will be famous as wonderful counselor. Now, this is awesome. Wonderful means a wonder. It means astonishingly, astonishingly exceptional. Counselor is one who gives counsel, one who gives wisdom. Stay with me. Together, this is the astonishingly perfect wisdom of God. It is the infinitely perfect wisdom of God. Now watch this. Well, what is the perfect wisdom of God? It is known and it is revealed in the word of God. Listen to me. Well, this singular name Jesus will be famous, will be renowned as the word of God. Wonderful counselor. And John says, and in the beginning was the word. He will be renowned and famous as the infinite wisdom of God, the word of God. In the beginning was the word. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the revelation of God's perfect wisdom. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Next it goes on. Says mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty in the original language, Hebrew. It means strong. It means mighty one. God in the Hebrew is El. The word El. This name, Jesus, will be famous. Here's what the verse is saying. It will be renowned as the name of God. This one will be famous as God. Folks, remember this. The truth of our gospel, and we've seen it over and over and over again, is that Jesus is God. Jesus is Emmanuel. How crazy again, centuries later, that John would write this. In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He is God. Jesus is famous, is renowned as God. The next part's this. Eternal Father. Eternal Father. Now, some get mixed up here. Let me help you to not get mixed up. In the Trinity, there is God the Father, There is Jesus the Son, there's the Holy Spirit. There's God the Father, there's Jesus the Son, and that holds true. They are distinct individuals, three in one. That holds true. Well, when we read this, you might say, isn't this calling the name Jesus the same as the Father? It says eternal Father. Isn't it calling Jesus the Father? Well, let me just go ahead and tell you, the answer is no, This is not talking about that, not talking about the Trinity. This is talking about the name Jesus and the name's relationship to time. Now, stay with me. 
It is saying here in this phrase that Jesus is eternal. That's what it's saying. In the Old Testament, God the Father and the promised Messiah are both sometimes called the ancient of days. It's the same idea here. The Hebrew word for eternal means perpetual, forever, eternal. Also, as the eternal Father, not as the name, but as the relationship with time, he is the giver of eternal life. As a father results in life, as a father gives life, Jesus gives life. Now, this is huge because that is our Savior. He is eternal God. He is eternal himself, therefore able to redeem eternity. That is our Savior. Now, I wonder what John would say about that. Now, for some reason, I keep coming back to John today. I don't know why. Here's what he said. In the beginning was the Word. It means when the beginning began, the Word, Jesus, was there. It means he's eternal God. In the beginning was the word. Then he says, in him was life. Do you see that? He is the giver of life. He will be famous. He will be renowned as the eternal God that is the same giver of life. And that is in one person. That is in Jesus. The last, I think that's all great. The last is too much. The last says, Prince of Peace. How many Christmas cards has that been on? He is the Prince of Peace. It means the name of the Messiah, we know that's Jesus, will be famous for, listen, will be known for, will be renowned for peace. That's what that means. Now, now stay with me. The position, Prince of Peace, is the one, now listen, the position, the prince of peace is the one that establishes peace in power, that maintains peace in rule, and that gives peace in grace. All of those things. Now listen, the prince of peace, that office, that position they are the one that establishes peace. You see, somebody has to establish peace in power. They are the one that maintains peace in rule. See, you can have peace and you can let it go. And that one is the one that gives peace in grace. Did you hear that? The prince of peace brings peace in power. That's talking about a king maintains peace in rule, that's talking about a Lord, and gives peace in grace, that is talking about a Savior. Did you hear that today? 700 years before the birth of Jesus, he is foretold that he will be famous as a king, our Lord, and our Savior, and that is all wrapped up in the position, the Prince of Peace. He is renowned as our King, our Lord, our Savior. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Praise the Lord. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. 
will never read this the same. And the government will rest on his shoulders and his name, one name, will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And so the call today is this. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. First off, if you've never met Jesus, you can't remember Jesus. First off, if you're here and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you, in him there is peace. In him there is hope. In him there's reconciliation with the holy God to the forgiveness of our sin. If you've never trusted Jesus, trust him today. Turn to him today. And if you have, then the call today in this busy season, in this crazy world, is to fix your eyes on Jesus. You see, when we become distracted, we become discouraged. And the answer is this, as followers of Jesus Christ, fix your eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. During Father, we come... We praise you, we thank you, we worship you, we love you, we exalt you. Lord, we come and we're thankful for just this verse, just this verse, what it tells us of our Savior and of our salvation. Lord, I pray for believers here today that we've, we've seen again who you are, we've heard again your truth, that the discouragement of the situation around us, the things around us fall away, that we would be encouraged in the truth of Jesus. I pray for folks that came in here today discouraged. I pray that they would leave not the same. Lord, I pray for some that do not know you. They're here and they are discouraged because they have no alternative but to be discouraged. And I pray, Lord, that in the hearing of, of grace and kindness and a Savior that loves them, of a Messiah that came to save sinners such as I, Lord, that today they would turn to you and they would receive you by faith. And that in doing so, they'd be saved. Lord, I, I pray that today there would be a good number that would turn and trust you, finding the Prince of Peace, our King, our Lord, our Savior. Lord, I pray in this time of invitation that you would work. I believe that you've spoken. I pray that you continue to lead and convict and to speak through your word, through your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that decisions will be made for the honor of Christ and for the glory of our Savior, Jesus. We give this time to you. I trust it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close our time together today with a time of response. And I wanna tell you, the call of this invitation is the call of this message. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. If you're lost in your sin, remember Jesus. He's your hope. Turn to him. He'll save you today. Just a moment, we're gonna sing a hymn of invitation, and if God has spoken to you, if he is speaking to you, if you need more information, you come and let's settle this today, but don't leave here today without turning to Christ. He will save you. He will forgive you. He's your hope. If you're here and you've made that decision, but you've never fought in believer's baptism, what an awesome time of the year to say, I want that testimony to stand for me and for him, for his name's sake. You come, we'll set a day. It'll be a great day of celebration. If you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God's led you here, you come as well. And together we'll serve his name for his name's sake, for his glory. Maybe you're here and today you walked in, you were so discouraged. 
Maybe even during the course of this sermon, you got to battle it off. My call to you is just remember Jesus. Remember who he is, the Prince of Peace. The King that comes and establishes peace. The Lord that upholds it in his righteous reign, his rule. The Savior that offers it to us. My call to you is remember Jesus today. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. If God has spoken to you, if you have a decision to make, you step out and you come on. Maybe you want to come pray here at an altar. Maybe you want to come here and pray with me. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about, no one would go for a head for an exit, but you would pray for those that are making decisions. As we stand to sing, if God has spoken to you, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here. <laughs>